When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real quick on the Ronnie Mauricio story, because this is crazy to me. And when Ronnie Mauricio went down with that torn ACL, we were all devastated, not just for, for us as fans, but clearly for him. Mike Puma throws this out there about two days ago. Quote, the Mets tried to persuade Ronnie Mauricio to skip winter ball this offseason, or at the very least to wait until January before he started playing. But a significant factor, and perhaps the largest in the 22-year-old infielder's ultimately painful decision return to the Dominican Winter League, was that where he previously earned MVP honors, was monetary. Mauricio was struggling financially, according to sources, and needed the income. One source estimated that a player of Mauricio's stature, who had excelled so much for his team, was capable of commanding at least $20,000 monthly playing winter ball in the Dominican. According to Puma, Mauricio played winter ball. The Mets tried to convince him not to, but he was scammed early in his career, and that's why Ronnie needed the money. Ronnie Mauricio since came out, denied the whole story. You know, my first reaction to this was, first of all, I feel bad for Ronnie Mauricio. I do. Because as much as we look at professional athletes and say, oh, man, they got they got no financial issues. He hasn't made his money yet. You know, he's not a millionaire. But my first reaction, and tell me if this is irrational. If the Mets said to Ronnie, look, for, for various reasons, we prefer you not play winter ball. I want to keep you safe. You're a big part of the plans. You've also played a lot of baseball over the last year. You need a break. We think it's important. And Ronnie expressed a, hey, I need the money kind of feel towards this. I'm going to play. Am I crazy? to say the Mets should have taken care of him. And I don't even know if you can, because can you pay someone extra than what he you know, was making salary-wise? Probably not. But that was my, like, honest reaction to it. Like, could the Mets have done anything, knowing this is a genuine issue, assuming they believe it's a genuine issue, of he's struggling financially and feels like the only way he can make ends meet, if that's really the case, is playing winter ball, and you guys are against it, is there anything you can do, whether it's a loan, whether it's upfront, we're going to help you out. You're a 22-year-old kid. This can't be easy for you. We're going to help you. That was my irrational thought when I first heard this story. Well, the first thing is, I don't know who his agent is. I don't know if it's like a, this is the time to work an extension, right? Like, I mean, this is where you just say, hey, we see the promise. Let's work on like a, you know, eight-year, $80 million contract or the uh, $100 million contract or whatever it is. But the other thing is, I yeah, the legal ramifications, I mean, this isn't college anymore where you can't, you know, college used to be you can't give people money, you can't help them out. I, I don't see why not. Like, and especially Steve Cohen being in the quote-unquote family type of guy he is. He's always – that's one thing about the Mets and when Cohen came over, it's always been about – you know, a, a unit, a family wants everyone to be close. Well, I don't understand why he couldn't lend the helping hand. I've heard in the past that eight, I think Scott Boris specifically, when he has a young emerging star that he gives them money, 
like gives them money before they're about to earn their money. I've always heard that about Scott Boris, but you hit on something that's actually cunning if the Mets took advantage of it, which is, oh, you're struggling financially, Ronnie? Oh, okay. You know what? Let's offer you a well below market long-term deal. We're going to lock you up forever. You know, you're going to get paid. Like you're getting a few million dollars, so you're set for life. But in the whole grand scheme of things, we're going to Atlanta brave you, as they say. We're going to brave you. We're going to grossly underpay you. We're going to Ozzie Albies your ass. That would have been a, a creative opportunity for the Mets to take advantage of uh, poor Ronnie. But the situation sucks. He played winter ball. He gets hurt. He's probably out for the season. I, I still don't buy, you know, when you hear timetables of, well, he could be back for August or September. You're not going to rush it. You're just not. So the truth is we're probably not going to see him. And that kind of sucks because – this is a season of opportunity. This is the land of opportunity the Mets have where Ronnie Mauricio was going to get 500 plate appearances. I don't know what 2025 looks for him. It doesn't mean he's gone. It doesn't mean he won't get an opportunity, but it may not be the same. You never know what 2025 is going to look like. Let's get to some of your emails. The Rico B at gmail.com. Eric Leone writes, with the Mets signing all these low-risk high reward pitchers, why not take a shot on Trevor Bauer? He'd be a top-of-the-rotation guy you can get on a cheap, Two-year deal, I think it makes a lot of sense. We also have an emailer accusing Pete Hoffman of being paid off by Trevor Bauer because Pete apparently mentions signing Bauer all the time. So I wanted to get this out of the way first. Listen, my hesitation on Trevor Bauer, a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't think this organization, considering all the controversy they've had over the last few years, is any any position to sign a guy who still hasn't cleared his name completely. Now, there is still one civil suit out against him. And what if more comes out about this guy? There's a Met organization that had to fire a general manager because he was sexting a reporter who didn't want those advances. This is an organization that once employed Mickey Calloway. So if we were doing the Don Slot, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates podcast or the Hensley Mullins, the Yankee podcast, I think we may be having a different discussion. Hey, it's worth it. One year deal. I'm telling you right now, for this franchise, for this organization, for the embarrassment it's gone through, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I know I may be in the minority on that. I know there's a lot of Met fans who say, screw it, bring them in. I don't think it's a good idea. One last time, Pete, are you being paid off by the Bowers? No, uh, but I will say this because I need to make my case. It's strictly baseball decision to bring in Trevor Bauer. I understand there's a lot of off, there's a lot of off the field risk. But if you want somebody who is going to be reasonable, two-year deal, my ass, he's getting a one-year deal because nobody wants to sign him. Nobody wants that PR hit. You sign him for one year, you're talking 10 cents on the dollar for this guy, maybe potentially five, six, seven million dollars. That's what he'll take whatever because he wants to get back in the league. He's gonna prove that he deserves to play it, it back in the MLB again. He's going to he's gonna prove it. John Kendallhart has a Rico Bronya request. Can you guys do a show or even a segment on all the bullpen options at some point this month? The Mets have signed a ton of no-name type arms on both the major and minor league side, but it's been very hard to keep up with who's a lock to be in this pen and who has a shot to make this bullpen. Well, John, we will give it to you. This week... We will go through all the many bullpen options that the Mets have added during this offseason because there's a lot of arms and there's a lot of guys who have upside 
there's a lot of guys who may just become farts in the wind and not even on the 40-man roster by the time this spring training even starts. So we will do that. That's coming up this week on Rico Bronia. Paul writes, the Mets Astros blueprint. Big fan of the Rico. When Steve Cohn became the new Mets owner, I, much like the majority of us, thought we would be operating like the new evil empire. Why will it, why we will, while we did get to enjoy winning a couple of off seasons, I think moving forward, we will not see many more like that in the future. I think Cohen had a similar thought and that it would yield a championship quickly. That being said, the first three seasons of Cohen's tenure ended ultimately in disappointment, embarrassment, and a lot of wasted money. He tried it his way, and I think now Cohen is deferring to the analytics way. The last few World Series teams under a $200 million payroll, the Diamondbacks in 23-120, the Astros in 22-185, both the Astros and Braves in 21, the Rays in 2020. In my opinion, the Stearns hiring signifies that he will be moving to the Astros blueprint, develop the farm, and lean heavily on analytics for talent and being in that low $200 million range for payroll. What that means to me is the Mets will not be re-signing Pete Alonso or going after Juan Soto. Acuna, Gilbert, Williams, and Clifford are very close to being ready to be called up, which causes a logjam. I'm very hopeful for the future, but I think we are all going to be disappointed if we expect us to operate like the George Steinbrenner Yankees. I still think, despite my disappointment, that this is a Dodger blueprint. And right now, the Dodgers are the evil empire. The LA Dodgers just pulled off the billion-dollar offseason, getting Shohei Otani, getting Yamamoto, getting Teoscar Hernandez. Like, they are balls to the wall going for it. A few years ago, Freddie Freeman. A year before that, Mookie Betts. But I think what Cohen has said openly is we want to be them in terms of developing young players, in terms of building a good young core and then spending around it. So maybe I'm being more hopeful than anything. I think that while right now they're trying to find good young pieces and obviously build up their analytics department and find uh, diamonds in the rough. But I do think when they're closer, they will go all in again. I do believe that. Now, does that mean they're going to definitely re-sign Pete Alonso and they're going to blow the Yankees away for Juan Soto? I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of it's going to depend on what they do this season. If they're still far away, no, I don't know. But I, I think it's more the Dodgers than it is the Astros, in my opinion. Could I just add to that, too? Yeah. I think that also, I mean, you have to say, Steve Cohen is not scared of paying money. Like, I don't think that's still an issue. I don't. I think I know that everyone's upset by only 10 million, quote unquote, left to spend this year. What have we released? You just have this high payroll and it's more to spend on on Scherzer and Verlander not being here than anything else. I don't think he's afraid of spending money, but I think he's giving David Stearns the opportunity to really evaluate this or, or organization, this the, the core players that he has in this team. Yeah. Speaking of which, Malcolm writes, patience. I think the main thing we take from Stearns is what he wants to do is fully evaluate the young guys. Remember, last year we're all screaming that Buck didn't play them enough. Mauricio being out sucks because he was the main guy I wanted to see. However, I think Vientos is going to be better than we think, and Alvarez can be a 30-plus home run guy. With his vague answer about center field, I would not be surprised if Bader opens the year as an everyday player, but sooner rather than later we see Clifford, Jet, Acuna type getting significant playing time in the outfield, which if it happens, I think despite a subpar record, watching five or so guys develop at the MLB level at the same time, sounds like a lot of fun. 
it will be like watching NXT TakeOver Queens. <laughs> and then he has a wrestling question, which I'll answer. Rock versus Roman. Cody versus an Orton type for night one. Cody versus Roman night two. What do you think? <laughs> I think that the WWE should have Roman fight twice. Roman Rock night one. Roman Cody night two. Give Cody a match on night one as well to keep it fair. Kind of like WrestleMania 10. And we're cooking. And now we're good to go. I, I do think that we all want to see the youth. We do. But I think that right now in January and soon to be February, we also want to see this team try to get better. And I think you can do both. That's the beautiful thing. I think you can do both. <laughs>